This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to episode 142, part three, ladies and gentlemen, part three. All right, let's finish up this Washington Post piece. This is The last article in the series of four that were published in and around the time the Washington Post published the manifesto, Industrial Society and Its Future, was trying to build up a sort of a foundation of official narrative, um, official narrative stories and articles here as we move further into this uh, investigation. Who is Ted Kaczynski? Where did he come from? Uh, what did the government do to this guy? It goes on to say, although the Unabomber writes as if he were a member of a group, the FBI believes the killer is a white man in his early 40s who has acted alone. He conducted his attacks in silence for years, but abruptly changed tactics on April 20th, the day after the bombing of the federal building in Oklahoma City. The terrorist mailed four letters that day, and began to detail his political philosophy and resentments, prompting some experts to suggest he may have felt upstaged by the Oklahoma City blast. The terrorist also sent a package bomb that five days later killed Gilbert Murray, a timber industry executive in Sacramento. I'm just going to write that name down for a second, Gilbert Murray. All right. Uh, you'll see why later on. It says an FBI task force, after scrutinizing the manuscript, has concluded that the bomber was probably exposed to the history of science or some related discipline in the late 1970s in the Chicago area. The bomber's legacy of terror began there. A package bomb injured one person at the University of Illinois Chicago Circle campus on May 25, 1978. Another person was injured at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois on May 9, 1979. FBI agents began sending copies of the manifesto to Chicago area professors and questioning them to see if any remember a student making such arguments or matching the descriptions of the Unabomber. At least 80 agents 
are working on leads generated from the 20,000 calls to the Unibom hotline. About 50 of those agents are focusing on the San Francisco area, with the others dispersed in such areas of interest as Salt Lake City and Chicago. FBI officials believe the Unabomber moved to the Salt Lake City area in the early 1980s and then to Northern California. In October 1981, law enforcement officials disarmed a bomb in a business classroom at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City. Bombs severely injured professors of computer science at the University of California, Berkeley in 1982 and 1985. Goes on to say the only credible sighting of the bomber came in 1987 outside a Salt Lake City computer store. Now, this was all in the FBI's timeline that we saw. The Unabomber disappeared for six years, surfacing again in June 1993 when two days apart bombs injured professors at Yale University and the University of California at Berkeley. In his April letter to the Times, The terrorists mocked the FBI as, quote, surprisingly incompetent, end quote, and unable, quote, even to keep elementary facts straight, end quote. He said that, quote, people who willfully and knowingly promote economic growth and technical progress, in our eyes, they are criminals, and if they get blown up, they deserve it, end quote. He also sent a letter to David Gellerner, the Yale computer scientist severely injured by a package bomb in 1993, quote, if you'd had any brains, you would have realized that there are a lot of people out there who resent bitterly the way you techno nerds like you are changing the world and you haven't uh, and you wouldn't have been dumb enough to open an unexpected package from an unknown source End quote the bomber wrote. The last high-profile publication in the face of threat and violence occurred in 1976 when the Washington Post, New York Times, Chicago Tribune, and Los Angeles Times published a statement by Croatian nationalists who had hijacked a Chicago-bound airplane and threatened to kill its 92 passengers. The hijackers later surrendered in Paris after receiving an ultimatum from the authorities. Staff writers Pierre Thomas and Sergei Kovaleski contributed to this report. All right, folks, so that wraps up these four very important articles on the Washington Post under the Unabomber case, the manifesto. Okay, so we just took a look at these. These all came out in and around the time that the Unabomber Ted Kaczynski mailed the manifesto, Industrial Society and its Future, to the Post, New York Times, and asked them to publish it up until the point in which they actually published it. Now, let's just hop over to Wikipedia. And we're going to go through this a little bit. I've already uh, skimmed this, read most of it last night. The information here is accurate uh, as related to the official narrative. So I want to give you a little bit more of an overview, fill in some of the blanks that weren't covered in those first couple of pieces that we reviewed. As we work our way towards this Atlantic piece we're going to get into, and then eventually we're going to untangle all the MK Ultra mind control connections tied to this and bring in some of the work that we've covered here in the past on the Dust and Gold Standard. This says here, Unabomber, uh, Theodore John Kaczynski, born May 22nd, 1942 also known as the Unabomber, is an American domestic terrorist and former mathematics professor. 
between 1978, so at that time, he would have been, uh, let's see, what, 36 years old? And 1995, so at that point, he's, what, 53 years old? Uh, yeah, let's just write this down, 53. I'm just taking some notes here, folks. Kaczynski killed three people and injured 23 others in a nationwide mail bombing campaign against people he believed to be advancing modern technology and the destruction of the environment. He authored Industrial Society and its Future, a 35,000-word manifesto and social critique opposing industrialization, rejecting leftism, and advocating for a nature-centered form of anarchism. In uh, 1971, Kaczynski abandoned his academic career to pursue a primitive life. So at this point, he's uh, 29 years old, correct? Yes. Uh, moving to a remote cabin without electricity or running water near Lincoln, Montana, where he lived as a recluse while learning survival skills to become self-sufficient. After witnessing the destruction of the wilderness surrounding his cabin, he concluded that living in nature was becoming impossible and resolved to fight industrialization and its destruction of nature through terrorism. In 1979, Kaczynski became the subject of what was, by the time of his arrest, the longest and most expensive investigation in the history of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI. The FBI used the case identifier Unibomb, uh, as we know, university and airline bomber, before his identity was known, resulting in the media naming him the Unibomber. All right, so you have this story that he uh, takes off at 29 years old, to go live in the woods. And slowly, the nature around his property, his uh, cabin homestead he was building, starts to be destroyed. Well, I'm seeing that all around me in the state of Maryland, folks. That's why I'm going to go out to the middle of West Virginia. And the thing is, you've got to secure enough land so that when they start building around it, it doesn't bother you as much. Or maybe the value of your property goes up, you can sell it and move out even further. But uh, this is the story now. Unabomber tries to escape, and then he sees industrialization destroying his, uh, his peace and quiet. At least that's how it goes, folks. It says, in 1995, Kaczynski sent a letter to the New York Times promising to, quote, desist from terrorism, end quote, if the Times or Washington Post published his manifesto, in which he argued that his bombings were extreme but necessary in attracting attention to the erosion of human freedom and dignity of modern technologies that require mass organization. As we know, FBI and Attorney General um, Janet Reno pushed for the publication of the essay, which appeared in the Washington Post in September 1995. And then we just covered that. Upon reading it, Kaczynski's brother, David, recognized the pro style and reported his suspicions to the FBI. Kaczynski was arrested in 1996 and maintaining that he was sane, tried and failed to dismiss his court-appointed lawyers because they wanted him to plead insanity to avoid the death penalty. He pleaded guilty to all charges in 1998 and was sentenced to eight consecutive life terms in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, I have um, watched several documentaries on Kaczynski over the years. A little rusty on that. We're going to go through some of this stuff. But uh, what was told, folks, was that his uh, uh, court-appointed attorneys... 
uh, tried to bring up the fact that he had his head tampered with in an MK Ultra program at Harvard. We're going to go into this in depth. Uh, it's really what I want to investigate here, the focus of this series. And um, he did not want that to be part of the record because he did not want people to believe the CIA messed with his head and he was, in fact, crazy because he thought it would diminish the work that he had published inside of industrial society and its future. So we'll get into that, folks, when we get back. First, first we're going to talk a little bit about his childhood, his high school, his life. I want to lay the foundation again from the official narrative so that as we start to deep dive into this, we'll see if there's any inconsistencies in the story. This may be something that I uh, go back to here and there, you know, over the next year or so. Uh, Ted Kaczynski is someone who has always fascinated me, uh, and I'd love to kind of rehash investigations into this topic as time goes on. Because, again, I find it to be fascinating that at least the paper, maybe not Kaczynski himself, the paper, Industrial Society, Its Future, really really did a fantastic job predicting where we are today. And I find it to be uh, mind-blowing that folks uh, really did not listen to the words written inside that paper. And maybe if they did, we wouldn't be in the situation we find ourselves today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back right here at the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, let's take a look at Kaczynski's childhood. It says here, Theodore John Kaczynski was born in Chicago on May 22nd, 1942, to working-class parents Wanda Teresa and Theodore Richard Kaczynski, a sausage maker. The two were Polish-Americans who were raised as Catholics, but later became atheists. They married on April 11, 1939. From first to fourth grade, ages six to nine, Kaczynski attended Sherman Elementary School in Chicago, where administrators described him as healthy and well-adjusted. In 1952, three years after David was born, the family moved to suburban Evergreen Park, Illinois. Ted transferred to Evergreen Park Central Junior High School. After testing scored his IQ at 167, he skipped the sixth grade. Kaczynski later described this as a pivotal event. Previously, he had socialized with his peers and was even a leader, but after skipping ahead of them, he felt he did not fit in with the older children who bullied him. 
Neighbors in Evergreen Park later described the Kaczynski family as civic-minded folks, one recalling the parents, quote, sacrificed everything they had for their children, end quote. Both Ted and David were intelligent, but Ted exceptionally so. Neighbors described him as a smart but lonely individual. This is high school. It says Kaczynski attended Evergreen Park Community High School, where he excelled academically. He played the trombone in the marching band and was a member of the mathematics, biology, coin, and German clubs. In 1996, a former classmate said, quote, he was never really seen as a person, as an individual person. He was always regarded as a walking brain, so to speak, end quote. During this period, Kaczynski became intensely interested in mathematics, spending hours studying and solving advanced problems. He became associated with a group of like-minded boys interested in science and mathematics known as the Briefcase Boys for their penchant for carrying briefcases. Throughout high school, Kaczynski was ahead of his classmates academically. Placed in a more advanced mathematics class, he soon mastered the material. He skipped the 11th grade, and by attending summer school, he graduated at age 15. Kaczynski was one of his school's five national merit finalists and was encouraged to apply to Harvard. While at age 15, he was accepted to Harvard and entered the university on a scholarship in 1958 at age 16. A classmate later said Kaczynski was emotionally unprepared. Quote, they packed him up and sent him to Harvard before he was ready. He didn't even have a driver's license, end quote. Goes on to say uh, this is his time at Harvard University. During his first year at Harvard, Kaczynski lived at 8 Prescott Street, which was designated, uh, which was designed to accommodate the youngest, most uh, precocious incoming students in a small, intimate living space. For the following three years, he lived at Elliott House. Housemates and other students at Harvard described Kaczynski as a very intelligent but socially reserved person. Kaczynski earned his Bachelor of Arts degree in mathematics from Harvard in 1962, finishing with a GPA of 3.12. And this starts to get into the psychological study that he was involved with, which we're going to be doing quite a bit of exploring on here over the next couple of episodes. It says, in his second year at Harvard, Kaczynski participated in a study described by author, uh, author Alston Chase as a, quote, purposely brutalizing psychological experiment, end quote, led by Harvard professor Henry Murray. Now, I told you we're going to do a little digging. I haven't done so, folks, into Gilbert Murray, who was the logger that uh, Kaczynski sent a mail bomb to. But Henry Murray, very interesting character. It's going to be the focus of one of these upcoming shows. Henry Murray, big, big, big time tied into uh, MK Ultra style mind control experiments government spook uh we found a 500 page document that he uh published or he was in charge of publishing so we're going to go down that road folks but i i have to set up this foundation for you before we start exploring because i'm coming from the standpoint assuming that the majority of people don't know a lot about ted kaczynski so for me to go jump right into that stuff it's it would be that i'd be assuming that you know all this other stuff so if you don't you'd be totally lost and it would be a a disservice to you 
goes on to say, subjects were told they would debate personal philosophy with a fellow student and were asked to write essays detailing their personal beliefs and aspirations. The essays were given to an anonymous individual who would confront and belittle the subject in what Murray himself called, quote, vehement, sweeping, and personally abusive, end quote, attacks, using the content of the essays as ammunition. Electrodes monitored the subject's uh, physiological reactions. Electrodes, folks, that's like the uh, EEG helmet stuff that we've been talking about ladies and gentlemen oh yeah that's what we were running on mk ultra mind control experiments the psychedelics combined with the electrodes all right this is why i covered mk ultra and sydney gottlieb the cia chief scientist the torturer uh that's why we've covered eeg that's why we're getting into this it's taken a lot of episodes to get here but i've been going through this a little bit at a time because eventually if you listen to the entire catalog of Dust and Gold Standard episodes, you'll see all my work really fits in. It all leads up to where we're at right now. And as you can see, there is this mass push now to get psychedelics out into the mainstream and get people hooked up to EEG through AR and VR, whether that's for work or whether that's for medical reasons or whether that be for uh, video gaming. They are in the process of trying to connect everyone. Uh, as if the flicker rates on the smart devices, on your smartphones, on your tablets, on your computers, aren't bad enough. All right, it goes on here to say these encounters were filmed and subjects, expressions of anger and rage were later played back to them repeatedly. The experiment lasted three years with someone verbally abusing and humiliating Kaczynski each week. Kaczynski spent 200 hours as part of the study. Again, we're going to get into this. I mean, torture, folks, torture, psychological torture. Goes on to say Kaczynski's lawyers later attributed his, his hostility toward mind control techniques to his participation in Murray's study. Okay, because remember, in industrial society's future, he talks about mind control. It goes on to say, some sources have suggested that Murray's experiments were part of Project MKUltra, the Central Intelligence Agency's research into mind control. Chase and others have also suggested that this experience may have motivated Kaczynski's criminal activities. Kaczynski stated he resented Murray and his co-workers primarily because of the invasion of his privacy he perceived as a result of their experiments. Nevertheless, he said he was, quote, quite confident that the uh, that this experience with Professor Murray had no significant effect on the course of his life, end quote. And again, this comes up, uh, and we're going to explore this, that Kaczynski apparently said this. I, I mean, we don't know if it did or did not because we can't get inside of his head. But we do know that Kaczynski apparently wanted all this stricken from the record. He did not want the world to know that he had been subjected to these MK Ultra mind control experiments because he did not want that to tarnish his ideology, you know, uh, as explained in his manifesto. He didn't want to come across as crazy, which is why he later he pled guilty to avoid having to uh, have all that come out. And so uh, part of what you're seeing here in Wikipedia is that Everything that I found so far, and I'm still digging, uh, tonight I'll even be reading probably six, seven hours more on this, 
is that it was never totally proven that this uh, Henry Murray was working directly for MKUltra, but you'll see with the information that I put together what Henry Murray was doing before he was at Harvard and that there was CIA money, secret money, flowing into Harvard during the time that these experiments were going on. At the same time, we already uncovered, and we know that Sidney Gottlieb, at the same exact time this is going on, Sidney Gottlieb, chief chemist of the CIA, who was running MKUltra, set up bogus front organizations on behalf of the cia to funnel money into institutions universities and prisons to conduct these illegal mk ultra mind control experiments this was going on at the same time that harvard was receiving cia money through these conduit bogus organizations and i'm going to show you some of that i found it not connected to ted kaczynski but in a scandal that was going on in the 1970s uncovering cia funneling money through these front organizations through ford foundation and others into universities harvard being one of them so there's a very good chance that harvard's program here run by henry murray was in fact getting money from the cia i mean come on folks this guy's running mk ultra mind control experiments at the same time the cia is actually doing it i mean you have to be able to uh, connect the dots sometimes and this henry murray guy is brutal brutal just like Sidney Gottlieb, we know that he set up illegal torture chambers in asia and europe where he was allowed to mind control and actually kill people uh, he was trained by Nazi and Japanese torturers. Uh, we covered that uh, many, many, many shows ago. So you can go back and listen to those episodes if you want some in-depth coverage on MK Ultra. All right, let's look uh, at his mathematics career. In 1962, Kaczynski enrolled at the University of Michigan, where he earned his master's and doctoral degrees in mathematics in 1964 and 1967, respectively. Michigan was not his first choice for postgraduate education. He had applied to the University of California, Berkeley, and University of Chicago, both of which accepted him, but offered him no teaching position or financial aid. Michigan offered him an annual grant of $2,310, equivalent to $20,693 in 2021, and a teaching post. At Michigan, Kaczynski specialized in complex analysis, specifically ge uh, geometric function theory. Professor Peter Duren said of Kaczynski, quote, he was an unusual person. He was not like the other graduate students. He was much more focused about his work. He had a drive to discover mathematical truth, end quote. George Perarian, another of his Michigan mathematic professors, said, quote, it is not enough to say he was smart, end quote. Professor Alan Shields wrote about Kaczynski in a grade evaluation that he was, quote, uh, the best man I have seen, end quote. Kaczynski received one F, five Bs, and 12 As in his 18 courses at the university. In 2006, he said he had unpleasant memories of Michigan and felt the university had low standards for grading as evidenced by his relatively high grades. For a period of several weeks in 1966, Kaczynski experienced intense sexual fantasies of being female and decided to undergo gender transition. 
He arranged to meet with a psychiatrist but changed his mind in the waiting room and did not disclose his reason for making the appointment. Afterwards, enraged, he considered killing the psychiatrist and other people whom he hated. Kaczynski described this episode as a, quote, major turning point, quote, in his life. Quote, I felt disgusted about what my uncontrolled sexual cravings had almost led me to do, and I felt humiliated, and I violently hated the psychiatrist. Just then there came a major turning point in my life. Like a phoenix, I burst from the ashes of my despair to a glorious new hope, end quote. Now, I have read a little bit about this, folks, and we're going to get into some of this because who knows what they put inside this guy's head back when they were running experiments on him at Harvard. Goes on to say, in 1967, Kaczynski's desertion boundary functions won the Summer B. Myers Prize for Michigan's Beth Mathematics Dissertation of the Year. Alan Shields, his doctoral advisor, called it, quote, the best I had ever directed, end quote. And Maxwell Reed, a member of his dissertation committee, said, quote, I would guess that maybe 10 or 12 men in the country understood or appreciated it, end quote. In late 1967, the 25-year-old Kaczynski became an acting assistant professor at the University of California, Berkeley, where he taught mathematics. By September 1968, Kaczynski was appointed assistant professor, a sign that he was on track for tenure. His teaching uh, evolutions suggest he was not well-liked by his students. He seemed uncomfortable teaching, taught straight from the textbook, and refused to answer questions. Without any explanation, Kaczynski resigned on June 30th, 1969 in a 1970 letter directed to Kaczynski's thesis advisor, Alan Shields, written by the chairman of the mathematics department, John W. Addison, Jr. The professor referred to the resignation as, quote, quite out of the blue. End quote, and markedly added that, quote, Kaczynski seemed almost pathologically shy, end quote, and that as far as he knew, Kaczynski made no close friends in the department, furthermore noting that efforts to bring him more into the swing of things had failed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so when we get back, let's talk a little bit about Montana, and then we're going to start this article from The Atlantic. And there's lots of really important nuggets we needed to get into there before I start talking about uh, MK Ultra and Henry Murray, the gentleman that uh, messed around with Ted Kaczynski's head when he was 16 years old at Harvard. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 